And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here to have yet another conversation I'm hoping helps your business grow. Now, you listen to this show, so I'm assuming that you either want to be successful, hope to be successful, or you're trying to figure out how to be successful. And I will tell you right now that that is all a product of habit. So as usual, I try to bring someone in that knows something about the subject that we're going to talk about today. And we're going to have a discussion about the habits of what it takes to be successful, how to get what you want. Some of you know, I wrote a book on the subject. I brought in someone else that has done that. Now, before we get too far into that, I want to let you know that today's episode of Startup Hustle is sponsored by GEWKC, which stands for Global Entrepreneurship Week. It's taking place in Kansas City next week, which is November 16th through 20th. So go learn about GEW and register for all the events that are happening at GEWKC.org. Now, as I mentioned, I do have someone here with me today, and that is Laura D. Benedetto. I said that right, right, Laura? Yep. <laughs> well, well, welcome to Startup Hustle. Thank you. It's <laughs> so awesome to be with you. I appreciate that. Now, for those of you that are hopefully viewing the live stream, which I'm questioning whether or not is working or not, I do appreciate you standing by as we may have had some technical errors in the beginning because, you know, technology, damned if you do, damned if you don't. So, Laura, why don't you go ahead and start by giving us a little information about your backstory, and I think that'll help us get to know you a little better. Sure. Well, first of all, thanks for having me to chat with you about this. Um, I am so pumped to be able to chat about entrepreneurship. It is the single most liberating epic thing of all time and the most maddening. So <laughs> um, that's essentially my background. At 19 years old, um, I had 14 jobs in one year. I quit half, got fired from the other half, deservedly. I just want to be honest, own that. And <clears throat> You know, it just kind of occurred to me, wow, this whole uh, this whole job thing is really not going to work out for me. I think I need to kind of build my own boat here. So I decided to start doing marketing. And, you know, all of my uh, grandparents and my parents were all entrepreneurs. And, and yet they were like, you should go to college and get a job. I'm sure. So I ended up starting my own company and I had zero clue what I was doing. I just had a lot of tenacity and bravery. So went out there and started doing marketing for people and doing design and websites and things like that. And company's still going um, 21 years later. And it's pretty amazing. But the, the years between then and now were filled with some incredible highs, some insane lows, epic screw up after epic screw up. And I did a lot uh, to get me where I am today, which is... Um, 
retired from the company and moved on to write a book and moved to an awesome island. And I'm a happy human, but there was a lot of years there where I wasn't a happy human. I was very much a first class passenger on the struggle bus. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's been, it's been a hell of a ride. I have attention deficit disorder, not a great time. And, uh, I had to overcome, uh, bullying bankruptcy and even, um, uh, physical abuse in one of my early relationships, but I came out swinging and here I am. And I'm so excited to share some of the grisly bits of the journey. If it serves people. Well, you and I are not that much different. Um, you know, you, so often our success is defined by pieces of paper or accolades or certificates or stuff like that. And um, then there's the rest of us and we either get past that or we learn how to work with whatever it is that we're at. And, you know, I think that I, I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with people that uh, get to a certain point where they truly understand I'm the one that's in charge of what happens to me. On, on, on most days. And then on other days, you know, sometimes you just kind of ride the wave. Now with that, uh, you're in Hawaii, which I, you may be, well, actually, I think we've had one other guest that was in Maui. So the ride the wave for those of you listening feels very applicable. Now, I, you know, I too have ADD and I tell people all the time, I wouldn't give it back. I think that uh, it's something that has, I've got a, an incredible, a, a incredibly strong motor. And uh, with that, uh, sometimes uh, that motor will drive me to one place and then it drives me another place. And then I chase another thing and I chase another thing. <laughs> but when but when I finally figure out how to put the lightning in a bottle, it becomes very, very powerful and very focused. So, and, you know, we're talking about habits, but, you know, something like ADD drives your habits. Is that something you had to work around? Well, sort of. So high school, grade school, those things were really difficult because, you know, they want me to learn in a very um, specific non-ADD friendly way, which, you know, it sounds like you probably went through. You do things this way. Yeah, my brain doesn't do that, but okay. Um, I, I had to learn pretty early on that my brain will do all the things. It just does them differently. And sometimes I don't get the luxury of choosing when it does it. Like, that's probably been the most frustrating thing of my whole life is, uh, you know, with whole ADD and work, it's like, I'm going to sit down and do this. And my brain's like, <laughs> no, you're not. You're going to yeah. dream about like, you know, merry-go-round in your head. And you're like, anything, ah. anything other than what you might want to do at the time. Right. Yeah. So. Oh my God. Yeah. That's been, it's been interesting, but like there was this wonderful book that I read because I, I, I wanted to see a therapist when I was in my early twenties and she recommended that I read this book, um, ADD friendly ways to organize your life. Dude, this changed my life because it helped me to realize, A, there's nothing wrong with me. B, I don't think worse. I think different. That's it. And it's like, actually, there's a lot of advantages to this whole ADHD thing that people don't really talk about. Like, I get in this like this mega hyper-focused state where like, I almost forget to eat. I forget to pee. Like five hours later, my kidneys are killing me. And I'm like, why does that hurt? You need to go to the bathroom, Laura. Like you've been hyper-focused. Yeah. Like get up. Um, but it's, yeah, it's just, it's crazy. The book changed my life and like really helped me to like, just start to take back a lot of my own power and realize 
this is not a disability, not at all. Society frames it that way only because society doesn't realize there's more than one way of doing things. So speaking of books, you have a new book that has come out. And for those of you listening, there's a link in the show notes. You can go to the sixhabits.com and that is S-I-X, not the number six. But let's talk a little bit about your book. And, and you know, uh, I know we were talking about ADD, but I have a feeling that understanding the habits of, of what it takes to get what you want. And, you know, these, as someone who openly has ADD, I need the habits. I need, I need some of these uh, certain rep, you know, repetitive things. And we can talk more about that, but let's first talk, well, what is the name of your book? I know I gave away the URL about where to find it. Once again, scroll down to the show notes and uh, you can find a link to it, but let's talk a little bit more about that. Sure. So the book is called, da the six habits, uh, practical tools for bringing your dreams to life. And, you know, I love this whole conversation that we're having here about like entrepreneurship and ADHD and everything. And, and I think this is one of the things that makes the habits that I talk about in my book so darn accessible, because if you've ever tried to adopt a habit, like I'm going to go to the gym every single day, or I'm going to work out and I'm going to eat right, or I'm going to floss or whatever, like, it's tough to develop those kind of habits. And I've got some great news for you. None of those things are in the book. You can do them if you want, but that's not what I'm talking about. All these habits are habits that control how we think. That's it. It's habits that control um, and, de and determine like how we treat ourselves, how we feel about ourselves, how we regard life, how we focus our time and attention, how we invest in and safeguard our energy and how we process our desires. All of these habits are mental. So you can sit there quietly being a master of these habits and never having to lift a finger. You could be totally motionless. So that's the thing that I liked about it. I didn't have to like adopt some, you know, regiment of like drinking green garbage juice first thing in the morning because I don't want to do that. Um, so the six habits, it's really, it, it's all about um, how we have a relationship with ourselves and how we have a relationship with life. And most of the time when we think about what success is or how we can really just show up and be truly happy in life, sometimes we tend to like think about external stuff. And you know, Matt, I know you've done it. Um, I've done it. But the real thing that I found out the hard way after years of doing it the wrong way is that happiness actually comes from inside you. Success comes from inside you. And sometimes if we can stop just regarding happiness and success the wrong way, we can realize we're actually a lot closer to it than we thought. And it's like, oh, it's actually right in front of me. All I got to do is just these few things. So that's kind of like the, the, the main point of the book. And I'm happy to get into the habits if you, if you want, but like, I really want to help people to be truly liberated from the stuff that traps them. Like for me, I chase like, you know, awards and, you know, money and house and, and I got it all, but it just, it didn't make me any happier. Once I started like realizing that happiness comes from inside my entrepreneurial journey, journey got easier and success and happiness were almost default automatic. It was pretty cool. You know, I've spent a lot of time over the years talking about this subject to a lot of different people. And, you know, my book balanced me uh, tries to help people get what they want. It's about finding a, a decent balance between your personal, professional, and physical life. And by the way, the happy balance is different for everybody. 
It's like what what your balance, what makes you happy is not going to be what makes me happy. And they could be closely related, but they're going to be different. And, you know, I, I've spent a lot of time talking to people that that operate and are at a different level of success than what most people deem to be successful. Um, so many of them have told me when I when when I asked them, I said, well, what is success or when are you successful? And it's a very simple answer to say, well, whenever you feel successful. And it's, it's like, it feels like it's a cheap answer, you know? And the thing is, it's like, you could build up a whole lot of anticipation and then that's what a a ridiculously accomplished person tells you. And you're like, whoa. And the first time you hear it, you're like, you know, eh, kind of let down. And then you hear it again, you hear it again. Now you're, now you start thinking there's gotta be something to this. And then I mean, I really realized uh, after hearing it enough that the definition of success as comes from an external point of view really doesn't matter, really doesn't matter. So like you mentioned, like we're so much closer than we can be. So, you know, the most recent uh, version of of that conversation I had was with the co-author I had in my last book, Joel Cummins from a band, Humphreys McGee. And we had written about uh, the realist guide to a successful music career. And our pod, this podcast had taken off and it was really doing well. And I started asking, I asked him, I said, at what point is is this a lot of downloads? Like, well, what point should this feel successful? He said, well, Matt, whenever you, whenever you feel successful. And I had finally at that point heard that enough that I was like, okay, so that's clearly, it's kind of like if someone asks, uh, you know, when are you successful financially? And the best answer I've heard for that is when you're no longer worried about money. So, you know, but that's a different level for everyone. So, you know, and, and uh, what is, so what's your take in, in the book or just in life about, so when are you successful? Man, you and I are sharing a brain on this one. I think, I think success and happiness, first of all, they're just so arbitrary, you know, like your definition of success is going to be different than mine. My definition of happiness is going to be different than yours. And I, you know, I think, I think, you know, we have a good innate sense of what that really means, but by and large, we actually don't give ourselves permission to actually regard where we truly are, how we truly feel as actual success and happiness. So, you know, I'll give you an example. I worked with a client of mine who, um, God bless him. His biggest aspiration was to be a good dad and just have a little cabin in the woods so he could just go there and have some quiet guy time and write books. And I'm like, is that your dream life? He goes, yeah, but I feel like I got to chase money. And I feel like I got to, you know, I got to do this and a lot of, I got us and I got, I got, I got to, I'm like, what would happen if you changed your perspective and gave yourself permission to just let that be the pinnacle expression of happiness for you and, and realizing you're not that far away from it. Would that change your life? And he's like, "Uh, yeah, he goes, I'd probably stop working so much and spend more time with my kids. And I'd just reach out, grab it and actually start being happy. I'm like, cool. What about being happy now? Think you could do that knowing you're on the way. He's like, yeah, you know, the big thing about the shift is so many of us actually have really humble definitions of happiness and really humble definitions of success. Like I will tell you right now, I do not drive a Maserati. I don't care. I don't need one. I don't want one. They're lovely cars. Um, if someone were to give me one, I wouldn't reject it, but like, that's not how I define success for me. My own personal definition of success is, am I having fun? Do I got enough money in the bank to pay my bills? Can I sleep at night knowing that things are going to be all right? Do I get to hang out with my mom and dad? Can I afford to fly them here? 
you know, am I happy? Do I like who I am? Yeah. If I'm checking all those boxes, yeah, that's success. You know, and there's, and there's good old classic models that look at this and, you know, Abraham Maslow and his hierarchy of needs and the top level of that pyramid being self, self-fulfillment, you know, being, feeling fulfilled. And, and, um, I, you know, I've, I've been down this road a couple of times and I have achieved that, that highest level in that pyramid. Now it's hard to hold on to. I mean, it, it comes and it goes. And when you start to realize that you're getting what you want. And for me, it's, it's, it's more driven along the lines of it. Am I doing what I'm capable of doing? Am I, you know, and that, and that, and I, that's once again, a broad answer, you know? So, and, and, you know, part of what we were talking about books and like in, in my book, balance me, it's like, it's easy. You have three, these three categories of personal, professional, and physical, and it's easy to be a colossal success in one and a colossal failure at the other at the exact same time. So the question is, is, you know, how do you find this well-rounded approach that makes a lot of sense? And I think that's, you know, if that was the, if that answer was as easy to get to as we'd all like it to be, then we would apparently all have everything we wanted. By the way, the definition of success, as far as Google says, is, is a noun, the accomplishment of an aim or purpose. So um, I think if you ask people to define what success was, like, what? okay, let's, well, what, if you went and just asked three people right now what they thought success was, what do you think they'd say? Oh, they'd, they'd answer things and I've, I've done this. Like the definitions always have to do with money or a certain amount of stuff or, you know, a certain way of how you look or like, well, if I'm, you know, certain things you've achieved in life, like I'm married, I've got kids or whatever, or like retirement, you know, like the big ticket items. But some of those are aim. Some of those are aim. I mean, some, some of those would, I think, fall under aim and then purpose though. And that's, that's the thing. So if you ask uh, now, if you went and asked some people, what's your purpose, what, what would most people say? I don't know. (laughs) I, you know what, that's probably, that's the right answer. I think a lot of people would say exactly. I don't know. And You know, there's, uh, you know, there's uh, unfortunately, and and I, this is not a quote that belongs to me, but people kind of live a quiet uh, uh, life of of hoping for something more and not really trying to do much about it. And so that's the yeah. question: is you know, I mean, maybe it's def, you know, defining purpose and where do you and how do you define that? What what's your purpose? Uh, you know, something I only discovered my purpose a couple of years ago when I finally surrendered to the idea that everything I'd been doing for years was not it. So I just kind of like sat there and stared at the wall for a couple of days. And then I finally realized that my purpose is not what I am destined or predestined to do that some big dude in the sky told me to do. My purpose is what I create it to be. And my purpose on this planet in this life is to actually bring happiness to other people. And I actually do that in a million different ways through my book, through sometimes baking for the people that I love or just being nice to people. Like my purpose, the thing that lights me up inside is making other people happy. That's it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think mine is trying to help people bring the best out of themselves. And I mean, it's similar. It's similar. I learned, uh, I don't even know when I learned it, but I learned a long time ago that, you know, and, and once again, this is kind of a classic thing, but you know, if you help other people get what they want, you have a tendency to get what you want. And, um, it's diff- it's difficult to lead people to that promised land if they think that 
you're doing anything other than trying to help them get what they want. Because in the end, people, well, as, as people, we're, we're, we're all very selfish and we don't always want to admit it, but we are. Um, in the end, people get, you know, they, they say the world's most popular radio station is WIIFM, which stands for what's in it for me. And, you know, that's the, that's the frequent, that's the frequency that everyone's tuned into. And, you know, you know, with that, you know, trying to, so I have 200 employees and I try to sit down and talk to them when and where I can about what they like, what do they want? And so you, it always starts, well, what, tell me what you want. And they're, well, I want to be successful here at the company. I want to do this. No, but what do you really want? Yeah. What do you really want? Because I don't think people normally wake up every day and just immediately, well, some people do, but most people don't wake up and immediately want to go to work. You know, so we go to work because it's utilitarian and it provides us with the ability to go do some of the other things we want to do, whether that is retire at some point or provide for our children and our families or do whatever. Right. But you know, I, I think that, that I don't know, it, it, I, I get in trouble too, because I often have very binary answers, you know, like, and I am a very binary person. I'm very black and white, you know, you want or you lost. It was left or right, up or down or whatever. So, okay. So great. <laughs> do what? you and my husband would get along great. He's very black and white. Well, I get, I get in trouble for that because, you know, I'll talk to people and I'll, they'll say, all right, so here's the thing. If there's someone that needs to quit drinking, it's for me that I'm like, okay, well then they need to not drink. And then, well, but there's all these other things that are up the funnel and blah, blah, blah. I said, yeah, but in the end, that's really it. It's yeah, like a yes or a no. Line, it's a, right? it's a do or a don't. Yep. Absolutely. And so much of it is now, obviously there's a lot of management that needs to occur at the top end of the funnel. So you know, how you get into that. So I, I want to talk a little bit more about these habits. Now, before we get too far into that, as a quick reminder, Global Entrepreneur Week in Kansas City, it's a virtual event. So anybody, anywhere, you in Maui or somewhere else, you can all tune in. Now, I've been a presenter at this in the past. It's a really cool event. Now, they're going to have primetime events this year, and they're going to take place each day from November 17th through the 19th, and will feature four hours of programming and network. On an, on an interactive and maybe international, depending on how many people tune in, an engaging platform, uh, Global Entrepreneur Week Kansas City will also open to virtual and small in-person community events. Those are held between November 16th and 20th throughout the community and expanding into the region to grow the reach of this event. If you want to learn more, go to gew.kc or gewkc.org. So yeah, now, um, well, speaking of which, are, are you are presenting on something pretty cool here pretty soon, aren't you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I've been- Are we allowed to talk about that? We are, hell yeah. Okay, well, um, let's do, let's do. Sure, so I am so grateful to have been invited to give a TEDx talk. And I was gonna do it in person in Boston, which is where I'm from. Uh, <laughs> But COVID happened and then that just got taken away. So now we're doing it as a virtual event. And on Wednesday, uh, two days from now, I will be recording it and uh, getting it ready to upload for the live event on November 21st. To say that I'm stoked would be the understatement of the century. I'm stoked. I'm grateful. I'm slightly overwhelmed. I'm a little bit nervous. I'm all the things. <laughs> it's so cool, though. Well, congratulations. And, you know, Thanks. that's, uh, it, it's, it's interesting. So uh, do you know that I've never watched a TED 
anything, which kind of surprised me because I'm usually like really into that stuff. And I don't know why I just haven't gotten around to it. Maybe it's you have the now power to change this anytime. I know, I know. And maybe, and maybe I will, maybe I will soon. Um, yeah. So so cool. uh, I mean, honestly, like the thing that you'd probably love about Ted talks. And I actually, I had to explain this to some people recently because I needed to find a place to shoot it because I live in a very echoey home. I can't shoot it here because the acoustics are just awful. So I had to find a place to, to shoot it. And you know, I, I called a, um, a real estate agent. I'm like, Hey, you know, can I shoot in this really fancy home and, you know, use the, the lanai and whatever. And he's like, what's a Ted talk? <gasps> like, like really? Okay. So I got to explain it. I'm like, okay, first of all, um, like the Pope has done one. Prince William has done one. So a lot of like luminaries that we're familiar with have done them. But the thing that I found most fascinating about Ted talks and why I love them so much is because they run the gamut in topics from human sexuality to like the dissection of a bug and like bioluminescent creatures under the water and like climate change and politics and relationships between humans and everything. And it's just, everything has like, almost like, um, almost like an academic feel to it. Cause the whole point of it is learning, um, and sharing one big idea per talk. And it's just, it's just so cool to learn and grow. Um, you know, and watch these talks. I'm going to probably send you like a slew of after we're done talking here. (laughs) Well, and I would deserve that after saying I haven't watched them. Um, Yeah, now that's, and like I said, that's just, uh, that's something I, you know, honestly, I should change and I will change. But uh, so I'm, I'm assuming that the subject is the six habits. Um, So the six habits, the book is, um, you know, it's really the the subject of my work, really. The the talk is the six habits of the happiest people. So the thing about TED Talks is they're very much not promotional. They are pretty academic in nature. They're meant to inform, inspire, educate, whatever. So this, the, the talk is going to be all about why we do what we do and the transformation in thinking of these six core ideas as just, oh, these are just lovely, vague ideas, la, 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 to oh, damn, you mean I can actually totally change my life by just changing my way of thinking? Yeah, buddy, this is exactly how. And I map out the instructions in the talk. I'm not going to ruin the talk. You'll actually have to watch it, Matt. <laughs> so so where do you go? And now if it, for someone that's listening to this that wants to watch it, and maybe there's someone that hasn't experienced the, the TED experience, where do you go to find that? So you can go to my website, thesixhabits.com, and you can sign up for either, you know, the notification of, hey, this is the day we're doing it. It's November 21st, 2020. Um, I don't remember exactly what uh, time Eastern it is, um, but there's obviously going to be a replay. It'll be on, you know, on my website after. Oh, you best believe I'm going to be promoting the stuffings out of this one. Like, I am so excited to, like, share this with people. And um you know, my hope is that millions of people get to see it. So people can like have that real, like aha moment and an invitation to think differently. And by the way, for those of you that are Ted fans, please don't all message me and tell me why I'm wrong. I, I, people ask me all the time. They're like, what, what podcast do you listen to? What books do you, the last book that I read was the one I wrote the last one I wrote. And, uh, and they often ask, well, what, what about your pod, what podcast do you listen to? 
I don't. I don't. Um, and, Matt, you know, that is what it is. Because, and I'm going to tell you why. And having <laughs> written a book and having been on like tons and tons of podcasts at this point, like when you are writing a book, you do not have the mental bandwidth to read one other than your own because you have to work about 85 times. And yeah. It's, yeah. It's so like consuming. And then being on podcasts, by the time you're done talking, you're like, wow, I don't yeah. want to hear anything. I just silence, please. I got it. P people have asked me, they're like, well, well, which of your books do you like the most? I'm like, by the time you learn to hate your own book, <laughs> uh, you really do. It's the truth. Like you do on some level, uh, you know, before we hit record, I, I revealed that the best part about writing a book is finishing it. Uh, mm -hmm. because like Laura said, you go through it about 85 times and you're like, oh my God, do yeah. I need more of this? Do you need more? Do you need more? Do you need more? Now, you know, it is, it is what it is. Writing a book is a, is a, is a big accomplishment. A lot of people have done it, uh, yep. but at the same time, like it's really a lot. If you want to write a good one, like if you want to write one that you uh, now, I, I worked in and around the music industry for a while. And one thing I learned about any musician that has has. Uh, so when you publish an album, uh, you you usually are really proud of it and then spend the rest of your career uh, wishing you had done different parts of it differently because you get better. You learn more, you know, like if you can't write yep. a better book 10 years later than you wrote, you know, 10 years prior what are you going to do? So yeah, it's a uh, congratulations yeah. on making it through that. Now we did, you know, and I don't, I, I don't ever want to bring an author on, on the show and say, reveal all the stuff that's in the book, but what are a couple of the habits? Can we give a little teaser there? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I'm, I'm happy to just explain them at a high level. Um, and I'm going to give you the disclaimer because I could tell you the entire contents of the book and it's not going to change your life because it's, um, it's the application. Is of it the because wisdom. I have to change my life? Yeah, dude. Sorry, man. <laughs> so like, the, look, look, I, it, it's the same thing with any knowledge whatsoever. You're, you got to apply the wisdom. Having it is irrelevant if you don't apply it. It's like, you know, it's knowing that a tomato is a fruit. The knowledge is great, but the application of the knowledge is not sticking a tomato in a fruit salad. I mean, it's a very simple, cute example, but you get the idea. So the six habits are kindness to yourself, acceptance of yourself, gratitude for everything in life, especially the hard stuff, um, presence in all things, goodness, which is energy management in and out, and intention with all that you do. So of course, having heard that, is your life changed? Nope. You have to actually learn about the habits in detail, learn about yourself, and really figure out where you want to go. And most importantly, why? What do you stand to gain? So the, the thing about the, the habit mastery journey is, you, you know, you, um, you have to really understand what you're going to get out of something before you're ever going to do it. And as a person with major case of shiny object syndrome, which I know you suffer from, the whole thing about ADHD is folks like us, we, we really need to want it bad. And I'm all about making cases with myself. I am my own attorney in my head. I sit there with my little invisible briefcase in my head. Now, Laura, you should really do this because blah, 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 blah. These are all the reasons you get out of it or all the things you get out of it. If I don't have a good reason to do something, it doesn't matter, right? So let's say in the case of kindness, and let's just kind of unpack this one because I love this habit. The habit of kindness, right? Think about this. This is how we treat ourselves with the thoughts words, 
and action of love to ourselves from ourselves. Just even putting it in that context, it suddenly starts to get a little harder because it's like, oh, geez, well, maybe I'm good at it. Maybe I'm not. Nah, maybe you're actually a bully to yourself all day long. And thinking about kindness, right? We're going to go do something. As entrepreneurs, sometimes we have to go sell stuff. Maybe we need to go get sponsors. Maybe we need to go get a client or whatever. If you treat yourself with typical unkindness, you're going to say stuff to yourself um, like, ah, you can't do this. You know, they're not going to go for the big sale. You better try to pitch the, the, the medium-sized one. Or, you know, you're not looking as good as that other guy that's sitting in the waiting room. You know, you're going to second-guess yourself. And this is, we, we all do this. We all do this. It sucks, but we all do it. And that's the inner bully. And that's kind of the script we're running in our heads most of the time. Um, sometimes it's regarding like how we're going to, how we're going to do in a situation, maybe asking for promotion. Cause maybe we're an entrepreneur and we still have a job cause the company hasn't gotten going yet. It's like, you know, I don't, oh, I don't want to ask for that raise. They're just going to say no, you know, that's you discouraging you. That's beating yourself down before you even do it. You know, that's basically predicating your failure. Like you're just planning for it. Right. But we do this with our, our appearance. We do this with our achievements, with our, our dreams, our, our marriage and our, our levels of capability and everything. How we speak to ourselves determines what kind of results we get. So the alternate, the alternate view of being kind to ourselves is not being the bully, but instead being our own nurturing parent. So are you a dad? I am. Okay. So my guess is when you speak to your kids, you're probably not saying, you know, you can't do that. You suck. You're probably not doing that. And if you are, we have to talk because that's not nice. But we, we treat ourselves that way, right? But when you're being an awesome dad, you're probably saying like, oh, you fell down. Get back up. You can do this. Or I believe in you. Come on, buddy. You got this. Give it another shot. I believe in you. You know, or like, yeah, you should go talk to that girl. She likes you. You know what I mean? Like you're going to hype up your kids. You are going to be the biggest hype man for your kids because that's what they need. Right. But with kindness, that's our job to do for ourselves. We need to look at ourselves and speak to ourselves of, you know what? I've got this. I can do this. I'm going to take a swing for that huge sale. I'm going to go for the, the bleachers. Like I'm going to swing this totally out of the park. I'm going to crush it. I'm going to go for the big sale, ask for the most money. I, I believe in myself and I know that I deserve it. And I look great today. I'm awesome, etc. So the, the importance of the self-talk is the result of the self-talk. When we treat ourselves with kindness through our thoughts, the narrative in our head, the actual words, when we talk to ourselves, we like to pretend we don't, but I talk to myself, right? And the actions of like what we actually do, for ourselves or not, we get different results. With the person that bullies themselves all day long and they're just unkind, this person doesn't try as hard. They they lower their expectations. They, they, they shorten the goal just so they can win something. They're constantly giving themselves consolation prizes and you know making themselves small so they don't experience anything that might sting like failure or risk or whatever keeps us really small. But when we actually give ourselves all the super awesome stuff, I mean, you've seen this on your kids' faces. They feel empowered and they're like, okay, I'm going in. And they do it, right? We do that. And we like take the bigger risks. We believe in ourselves. We, we shoot our shot. 
You know, we, we start the business, we do all the things and we, we're, we're a little braver, a little bit more confident. We're richer, we stand up taller and we just kind of like crush it with life a lot more when we can actually discover, wow, huh, this whole being nice to myself thing really pays off. Yeah, it does. So kindness, that's just yeah. one of the habits. Master well, being, being nice to yourself, me and being nice to yourself is pretty difficult. And, you know, and, and, and my book balanced me, I, I said that on page one, I said, look, if you're not willing to admit that you're likely your own biggest problem, then just put the book back because it can't help you. Like, you're not going to enjoy reading it. You're not going to think I, you're not going to think I know what I'm talking about. You're not going to believe any of it. And, right. you know, in Congress with that, I, you know, kind of like we were talking about at the beginning, like, when are you successful? What do you feel about this? What do you feel about that? Um, you know, I, I think that at the point for myself that I quit caring what other people thought about whether I was successful or not, like, like that's that third party opinion. Um, and everything you said is that, is that you get that first person point of view, like, and that's the conversation you have with yourself. And I'm not a big person of the, the I, me kind of thing, but you have to, you have to have a lot yeah, of eyes and knees when you talk to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's the yeah, and it's a challenge. It's a challenge. You get, it's a challenge because no one's going to beat you, beat you up more than you. And, right. you know, the, and you're never going to silence that voice. Like, and for those of you listening, the most successful people out there will tell you the same thing. It's just a matter of how long that voice is repetitive, how long it's sitting there sowing the seeds of doubt. Uh, I'm well endowed with all the doubt I need on most days. So I don't need a lot of positive re I don't need a lot of reinforcement from that voice in my head. No. Uh, and you know, that's, that's always a, no, no. I mean, that's always a challenge. I, I'm, I, I have a feeling much like yourself. I'm one of those people that most, most people are like, well, you're so confident. You probably don't have any lack of self-confidence or you're doubting this or you're doubting that. Oh, good Lord. That's the opposite of the truth. I just find a way to get past it. So right. by the way, how do you get past it? Well, here's the deal. It, when you actually master the habit of kindness, you kind of live past it. So it's a different experience. So, you know, just talking to you, I know you're, I know you are a badass of epic proportions. And I know that you have um, the voices in your head of both good and evil, the, like the two little people sitting on your shoulder, right? And I know that you hear both and you seem to make good choices all the time. The way that my head operates is the, the voice of like the evil tiny jerk is so quiet that I rarely even hear her anymore. And then when she pipes up, it's like, oh, no, no, you don't belong here. We, we, no. And I'll give you some great examples. So once upon a time, I used to be the person, um, just being female, being bullied, being, you know, a victim of um, domestic abuse and all that other stuff. I had some really low self um, image, right? I didn't like how I looked. I didn't like how incapable I felt. The ADD really screwed with me, you know? So I'd be like, oh my God, I look like crap today. I can't do this. You know, I'm so afraid they're going to say no to me. So I'm going to go for the smaller sale. Like all the examples I listed were things from my own head, right? I used to do that. When I mastered the habit of kindness, which took some time, that doesn't happen anymore. I look in the mirror and I'm like, what's up? How you doing? Right. I look good. You know, like I'm going to go take a swing for the bleachers. And it's like, I don't care if they say no, cause I'm taking a shot anyway, like whatever. It means nothing about me, but you know where it actually popped up. So I did the work to master the things that I knew about where it popped up was when all this COVID business started. Right. And then I was suddenly saddled with 
tons more responsibility because my successor at my company in Massachusetts got cancer and we're dealing with COVID and my husband lost his brand new company that he had just started to do. And I was just like, whoa, man, that is so much responsibility. And I felt that familiar crappy voice trying to tell me, oh, you can't do this. You can't do this. You can't do this. Like, this is a lot. You're going to get crushed. And I used all my tools, you know, and, and had the habit of like, no, I, why are you even allowing these thoughts? Like, this is so toxic. First of all, you know, you can do this. This is your fear talking. Fear is okay. And you're going to be fine. And even if you're not, you're not going to die from it. Like, don't talk to yourself this way. So it's, it's one of those things where when, like the, the true mastery of the habit is you, you really don't even speak to yourself that way right? In the first place. But when like a new area of discomfort comes from, and then that little voice starts to pop up again, you just squash them down. Remember whack-a-mole at the county fair? It's very oh, much yeah. like that. <laughs> it's like, nope, go away. <laughs> now, a lot, of, a lot of people will say, well, that's easy to say, and it's difficult to do. Yeah, it is. It, it is. is. That's it my, that's my response. That's my response. It doesn't matter. Even if you've been crushing the little tiny voice or, you know, you, you know, you did a great job of painting a little word picture there of the, the little devil on your shoulder. And for those of you watching the live stream, you would have seen Laura flick that, that lady off and, and, and watch her fly. So, you know, that, you know, that said, um, and you know, look, uh, there's everything that we're talking about here today involves change. And uh, I've talked to a lot of people, a lot of employees, a lot of different things. People are like, well, what can you promise? I said, I can't promise shit. The one thing I can't, the only thing I can promise is that things will change. That's like the only constant that you can count on is that things will change. Nothing stays static. It does eventually change. So, you know, but change is difficult. Change is scary. Change is difficult. And if you want to have productive and useful change, then you have to, it's, it's, you have to keep going back and checking it. I, I, I often compare it to like, you know, a top, like the, uh, a dreidel, whatever you want to call it, a little thing that, you know, you spin as a kid and it's got this nice tight rotation when you start and then it wobbles and then it falls over and you got to go pick it mm -hmm. up again and you got to give it another whirl. And, you know, the question is, is once, once it falls over on its side, it's now up to you. Like, are you going to pick it up and give it another spin? Or are you just going to just sit there and be, oh, it fell over on its side. I guess that's just it. I guess this thing will forever just lay on its side and never spin again. And that is just the way it's going to be. No, it's not people. You got to pick it up and you got to do something about it. I think that, you know, and I'm getting, I'm, I, I often make fun of my own age on this show, even though I'm young and I'm just getting started. But at 45, I've realized that, that, uh, you know, the opportunity isn't going to come find you. You need to go find it. You have to make an effort to do stuff. Uh, very few of us just get it delivered, if at all. And uh, so, you know, the more you're going to make an effort to do something, to make some changes, uh, and some of it too is about, you know, you talk about, well, you, you mentioned the sh chasing the shiny things. Like that's one thing that, uh, so this might, this might be the first year, my, my new year's resolution at the beginning of 2020 was that I wouldn't start any new businesses. And my <laughs> wife laughed at that. She was like, yeah, right. That's funny. 
yeah, I'm, I, I might get actually get get that one this year. But part of that was wanting to focus more on the things that like, you know, and that's that's one of the things with getting older is focusing on being good at a few things and not trying to be good at like 65 different things. Because, you know, in the end, no matter how how high of a level you perform at, you still all you can do is all you can do. Like, yeah, some people are more productive than others. Some people get a little further in the race than others, but you still only you can only go as far as you're going to go. Now, we end uh, I end my episodes of Startup Hustle with a Founders Freestyle. For those of you that are listening, a couple things. One, come check out Startup Hustle TV. It's launching in 2021. Uh, another one of my wild and crazy ideas that is going to be fun and interesting. We're going to follow the story of entrepreneurship across a lot of different industries and a lot of different locations. And also check out some of the other shows here on Startup Hustle. You got Lauren Conway and Andrew doing regular weekly episodes talking about um, everything from female empowerment to e-commerce and Amazon. You got it all. Um, now, as mentioned, uh, we end our episodes or at least my episodes. I, you know, I realized just the other day that I, I said that we end our episodes and I don't think they do a founder's freestyle. So I'm trying to see, I'm, I'm constantly striving for change here, Laura. Now, one thing that isn't going to change is the fact that Global Entrepreneur Week in Kansas City is coming up. You don't have to be in KC to, to do this. So let's represent, let's sign up and 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 get some some people from all over the world, you know, we've been blessed with listeners in 190 countries. So I want some of you to sign up and, and show the, the, uh, the international nature of the startup hustle audience. So you can go to gewkc.org. There's a link for that in the show notes. Now, in regards to the founders freestyle, based on like you you're you're clearly working on helping people get what they want but what's the what's the outro statement that you'd like to make to the founders and entrepreneurs out there that hopefully go to the sixhabits.com check out your book pick up a copy of it like what's the best advice you can give to other entrepreneurs or founders well it starts with a realization your business is always going to be a reflection of your relationship with yourself and your relationship with the world. If you get a really, really crappy view of yourself and it's kind of chaotic and it's um, fraught with problems, your company is probably going to be the same way. But if you want to soar to the highest heights and you want to have the most incredible success and have a hell of a lot of fun along the way, you got to work on yourself. And I got to tell you, as a really super pragmatic woman from Massachusetts, for years, I was like, oh, hell no, I don't need this fluffy, hippy, dippy crap. And now it's like, oh, my God, now I'm the president of the hippy, dippy club. Cool. Sign me up. Because I realize when you work on yourself, you are actually working on your business Become you, because you become a better leader better executive, better salesperson, better visionary, better everything. So the invitation, I guess, and the advice would be, please work on yourself. Yes, go to the sixhabits.com, get the book, learn about the habits in detail, figure out where you are, learn about where you're going to go, and then do the damn work so you can become your most powerful expression of you so you can have the biggest most badass business you've ever had but it all begins with you go to sixhabits.com get the book begin the journey that's it so i guess it's my turn 
Now, once again, thanks for joining me. Uh, this has been an interesting and inspiring conversation. You know, when it comes to, yeah, I mentioned earlier that I get asked a lot, what's the last book you read or other stuff? You know, my education and my, the constant, uh, I am a huge advocate and believer. You got to keep your tools sharp. Guess what? I do it just about every day when I record this podcast. That's why, that's why I, I haven't spent a ton of time. Um, I've read, oh my God, I've got a stack of books I've read and books on tape. And, and uh, I mean, just goes on and on and on, done it for 20 years and to the point of reading books. Now, yeah, I think if you want to get what you want, you got to feel successful. You got to go out and make that effort to try to find the information. Now you might read my book and if you find one tiny thing in it, I feel like I won and helped you out. Like def if, if it's something that changed your life, then on some level, I, I feel like I helped do that. And the same thing with Laura's book and a lot of different stuff, you know, there isn't a silver bullet that fires through all the things that you're not getting and, and, and shreds them to pieces. And now you get it all. You've got to go out and you got to find there's a piece here. There's a piece there. There's whatever. And, you know, like, and Laura, I know your book's been out for a little bit. So you invariably at some point got someone that's like, oh, well, not a hundred percent of this isn't changing my life. All right, cool. Did you find one useful thing in there that helped? And that's the thing is you get as the, the most productive, the most productive, the happiest, the most self-fulfilled people I know, they're, they're, they're little collectors. They get these little pieces. They, you know, whether I'm talking to a rock star that's a world-class guitarist, like they'll say, you know what, I, I got, I, there's a, this like 10 notes that are like Jerry Garcia. You made hippy-dippy references, so I thought I'd go with that. Or there's something here that was Bob Dylan or something here that was Jimi Hendrix. And then they mash them all together and it becomes something that exists within their own identity. And, you know, really in the end, I think it's, it's that identity that's yours and own it and quit letting other people tell you whether you're successful or not. Now, so, sometimes that, that, that does occur and it needs to occur. Cause if it's like, Hey, we need to have one plus two plus two equal four or one plus two plus two equals five. I guess I should probably say that. And you're either, it's either right or not. Now, when it comes to you being successful and getting what you want, that that's really just about you taking the initiative. Don't expect it to happen right away. Um, don't expect to get it right the first try. And, you know, the one thing I think is, is in conclusion here is the, the worst feeling for me would be feeling like I didn't even try. Like I can live with failure all day, every day. Like I can fail, fail, fail at the end of the day or the end of the, I don't care that I lose. I care if I don't try. I don't care if my team loses. I care if we don't try. Like, did we give a shit? Did we show up? Did we represent? And if we didn't, then that's a completely different problem. So, so many things to think about. I, you know, and here's the thing is go out and have conversations like Laura and I had today. Go find someone that just wants to transfer a little bit of knowledge. Knowledge isn't meant to be hung on to. It is meant to be sent to the next person. We share, we live in a world full of storytellers. And, you know, so what's your story? And there's so many other things. You know, I don't normally do this, but I'm going to actually give you a chance to say, do you have anything else you'd like to say? Cause I just have, I have a, we shared a brain earlier. So I have a feeling you might, is there anything else you want to lay in there on the way out? Yeah. I mean, 
I, I think that there's a real possibility for change here. First of all, God, I love how your mind works. And yes, we're totally sharing a brain. But like I had this, you know, this big mission, right? Like, you know, everything before I actually did the work to discover these habits and implement them into my life was all about me, 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 me. I want to be successful. I want to make money. I want to, I, 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 just the big I. God, disgusting. So egocentric, right? Once I actually found the happiness I'd been looking for all along, you know, within and actually did the work, success got easier and, and everything was like way more fun and whatever. But the most exciting part of it, right? It stopped being about me. And then I discovered real possibility with the work that's here. So my hope, and I know you love this, my hope is to actually make the world better through these teachings because the six habits, yeah, it applies to entrepreneurs, but it also applies to parents. It applies to just humans. And my hope is that if we can actually learn as adults, as parents, as business leaders to be the change that we want to see in the world, hello, bumper sticker. Like if we can actually be that change, it becomes easier for us to raise children this way and so our little children and their next generation doesn't grow up to forget how to be kind to themselves. We're all pre-installed with this stuff. You know, little kids accept themselves, right? But they we lose it as we grow up. But my hope is as leaders, we can have companies filled with people that are pumped to work with us because they share our vision and we're awesome leaders. And my hope is that we will be able to raise happier kids who go on to create a better next generation and that aren't feeling all insecure and like they need something, they got to prove something. So they got to, you know, be a politician that like raises hell and makes it all, you know, all about them. Like there is powerful impact here. Like, you know, through all of this habitual work, when we actually work on ourselves, we become better. And when we become so solid on our own, our businesses are better. Our families are better. Our marriages are better. Our companies are better. Our employees love us more. Our clients love us more. And, and there is real potential that within a generation, we could actually see, and I know this sounds so utopian, but it is actually possible. We could see companies being run better. We could see happier children being raised. And a lot of societal blights actually start to die down and go away just by us being the change we want to see in the world. So that's my big idea. That's the thing that I really want to leave people with. It's like, you know, oh, you want to change the world. Cool. Just change you, babe. That's all you got to do. Just change you. And sometimes you can start out from a really egocentric place like I did. Oh, I want to be a better, you know, business owner and I want to have more money and I want to be happier and blah, blah, blah. But when we can actually root it in like the real solid internal stuff dude like you're not gonna you're not gonna believe the kind of power that like comes out of it i never thought in a million years i'd quit being an egocentric person that was like oh i'm so insecure i need to feel better now i'm on a mission to make millions millions of people smile more sleep better have more money have better marriages have better families have better companies so, so much talk of success. And it's funny because like, probably if I had to have a quote tagline, it would be that success demands payment in advance. So thanks for joining me today. That means I'm going to go start writing checks to pay for that success in advance. I'll see you next time, Laura. Thank you for having me. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. 
see you next time. Like we do it.